episode 292 of the MTG Goldfish podcast. I'm Seth, probably better known as Saffron Olive, and we have the full crew here this week kicking things off with our owner of MTG Goldfish, Richard. What's up this fine Monday, Richard? Hey, Seth. Everything is going well. My sky is like almost blue again, so yeah. <laughs> oh, that's good. Is the air getting a little bit better out there? Can finally breathe again and all that stuff? Yeah, it's getting better. Uh, it's been kind of like moist and I, I don't know, things... It seems okay, although today is kind of gloomy, so I can't tell, but it's caught better. Uh, well, that's that's good to hear that things are improving. And, uh, of course, we have another co-host. And, Krim, how is uh, the air out where you are, Krim? Is it getting better there as well? Yeah. Uh, you know, like Richard mentioned, you can actually, like, almost see through the, like, all, all the smoke and all that other stuff. So you can kind of see the sky now. And, you know, the the air doesn't burn my eyes as I, as I like, walk around outside. <laughs> Well, that is probably a good thing. Uh, oh, you're not positive. burning your eyes. Sounds like a positive. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say that's a good positive. Uh, so today, uh, it's Zendikar Day on the cast, essentially. There wasn't a ton that went down in the uh, Magic world this week, so we're going to spend pretty much the whole cast talking about some new spoiler cards. We got a couple of early spoilers from Zendikar Rising, and we have this big list of hints that Mark Rosewater gave out. Uh, tomorrow is the official start of spoiler season, but we wanted to go over Mark Rosewater's hints, see if we could figure out maybe what he was talking about. We thought that would be fun. And then, of course, answer some fish mail. But before we get to Zendikar Rising, but first, a word from our sponsor. Tigtone returns with Season 2. Tigtone and his magically regenerative sidekick, Helpy, face down all new mischievous monsters and enchanted chaos on their all new baffling adventures. Tigtone is created by Andrew Kohler and Benjamin Martian, who serve as executive producers with Blake Anderson of Workaholics. The wizards at Titmouse Animation have created a Tigtone universe that is beautifully unsettling. You can watch Tigtone Season 2 when it premieres with back-to-back episodes on Sunday, September 13th at midnight, only on Adult Swim. So thank you so much to Tigtone for supporting the podcast today. And uh, let's talk some Zendikar Rising. Let's kick things off, I think, with the two spoiler cards we actually got. We're, we're in the infancy of Zendikar Rising spoilers. Official start tomorrow. Couple early spoilers. Thankfully, they're interesting ones. Richard, why don't you guide us through our spoiler cards? You know what I love? When Wizards gives us a date for previous season and then just randomly drops Chase Mythics before that. <laughs> <laughs> So. Yeah, that is uh, that has become a tradition, I think. That's been happening the last few sets. But uh, yeah, at least it gives us something to talk about. We have Jace, Mirror Mage, and Nahiri, Heir of the Ancients. So two Mythic Planeswalkers. Jace comes in at 3 CMC, 1 Blue Blue, 4 Starting Loyalty, Legendary Planeswalker Jace, Kicker 2. So yes, we have Kicker now. When Jace enters the battlefield, if Jace was kicked, create a token that's a copy of Jace Mirror Mage, except it's not legendary, and its starting loyalty is 1. Plus 1, scry 2. 0, draw a card and reveal it. Remove a number of loyalty counters equal to the card's converted mana cost from Jace Mirror Mage. Jace is Dark Confidant now. Uh, I, I, I don't know, is this good? I, I like it, but I just don't know if it's good. Like, it's not a... I don't know if this is, like, enough to, like, work out of a control shell. But it looks it looks kind of like a, a... I don't know, something that'd be fun in a tempo deck or something like that. This is a really unique Planeswalker. And, I mean, I gotta say, like, number one, do you remember when, a couple years ago, 
I don't, I don't even remember. Maybe Battle for Zendikar era, actually. We were kind of, like, making fun of wizards. I think it was Obnixilis was the worst example of this, about how Planeswalkers had gotten so cookie-cutter. Yeah. It was always, like, plus draw a card, minus kill something, ultimate, win the game, in one way or another, eventually. I really appreciate that they're doing very different things with this, Jace. Like, the kicker, the self-copying, it's a really neat Planeswalker. Is it a good Planeswalker? Boy, that's really tough for me to say. I feel like it's probably very good against control decks or other threat light decks. Like, if this can sit out on the battlefield, especially if you can kick it, because then you can do sweet shenanigans where you, like, uh, use your one loyalty token copy of Jace to, like, plus to set up your draws. So hopefully you're drawing, like, a land or something cheap so you're not losing too much loyalty from your other Jace. And then you're going to have, like, an insane amount of card advantage. On the other hand, against, like, mono red or any sort of like mid-rangey questing beast aggressive deck i feel like you just play this and it basically dies i guess worst case you kick it for five mana and you immediately just zero both of them and you draw two but that's not even very exciting for five mana so the lack of any sort of ability to protect itself is a little bit of a concern to me so i feel like maybe it's a sideboard card that you're like tempo deck or even control deck can bring in to like win the control mirror where i feel like this is probably just absurd against control decks but other matchups i don't know yeah like that that's kind of like the way i feel about it so far it's just like i i do like it like you had mentioned it is a very sweet like like a, a a cool and like very interesting like designed planeswalker but like I, I, I don't know, like, it, I just, the fact that it doesn't, like, bounce anything or, or you know, I mean, I, I didn't expect it to be three fairy, but, like, the, the thing here is, like, it just doesn't do anything to the board. That's kind of the issue for me right now. Uh, are we spoiled by War of the Spark Planeswalkers? Is the buskedness <laughs> of War of the Spark Planeswalkers going to, like, make us think every Planeswalker that is not the most busted card all the way back to Vintage is just not good anymore? Like, is that the downside of how good some of those Planeswalkers were? I mean, like, I, I guess, I guess, yeah, like, some of those Planeswalkers did do a lot, and that we are still adjusting to the power level of that, right? And, I mean, this, this does give me hope, though, because remember how, like, Last couple of podcasts, we talked about, like, how it would be sweet if they actually did pull, like, dial back on the power level of some of the cards, right? And, and I mean, like, it, especially when it comes, I'm sure right now when it, when it comes to Planeswalker, I'm sure, like, sure people actually want to see the power level dialed back. And with that, I mean, this does seem like it has, right? I mean, it, it's, it's not ridiculously broken. It's a three mana Planeswalker, which, you know, I, I, I feel like for a three mana planeswalker though, it, it's for the last couple of years it's been kinda hard, right? You have to do some silly things. So we are used to a higher power level. Yeah, I, I'm gonna agree with Krim. I think this is a great card in the fact that it's just a role player in standard. Like I think, you know, this is not a card you shove into every deck from standard all the way back to vintage. Uh, like Oko or Three Fairy, but we can't complain about the power level standard and then say like every card is trash afterwards, right? So I like the fact that there's a point to this card. Uh, like Seth said, you sneak it in in like a control mirror and then you go nuts. Uh, but you know, it, it's it's not format warping. It's still pretty strong, right? It's like three uh, three mana goes to five loyalty if you plus. Like it, it's not quite Oko, but it still has some toughness to it. And it scales slightly in the late game. Uh, five mana, draw two. 
right? Maybe yeah. draw more than two if you're lucky. I would have liked to see multi kicker on this. Like, uh, <laughs> oh, like yeah. you know, your reward oh, is to go to like seven, draw three. That be so sweet. That's, that's not you know that's not horrendously <laughs> broken, right? Like why not multi kicker? But I think this is cool and it's pretty unique right like like Seth said we always complain about the odd mix list template even Krim was lamenting that it didn't bounce something like three fairies but like <laughs> hey it makes like clones of itself it's it's the mirror mage right so I actually like it um I wonder what like the average number of cards you, sh you could expect to to draw if you just like play this and like zero all the way through like what's the CMC of a standard deck nowadays uh, uh, hmm. I mean, it's at so least two, is, right? Maybe three. <laughs> I feel like, like with Zendikar, who knows? But I think right now it feels like three or four. I mean, at the same time, though, a lot of decks are up to like twenty-eight, twenty-nine, thirty-one lands. So if you're playing, if you're playing one of those ramp decks that's like more than half lands, you get a fifty-fifty shot of like not losing any loyalty. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, you also How have that scry too, so I, I guess, like, if it's an empty board, you scry too, you can definitely, like, zero a, d a decent amount of times, or at least know what you're zeroing into. Yeah, it reminds me, I think the best comparison, and it's not the perfect comparison, is uh, Nissa Steward of Elements, that actually has, like, kind of a similar setup, where the plus is a scry too, and then the minus lets you put a land or, I think, a creature with converted mana cost equal to or lesser than her loyalty onto the battlefield. So the way you, like, play that Nissa is you basically, like, scry, set up the card that you don't want with your Nissa on the top, and then put your land or whatever you can hit with Nissa on the bottom. So I kind of feel like maybe Jace is a little bit better than we give it credit for, because you just, like, play it, scry two up to five loyalty, stack a good card on top of your deck, a land next, then you can zero Jace the next turn, get the land for free, not lose any loyalty. I, so I think if it sticks around, it is a very powerful card advantage engine and if you play the like plus and minus off of each other uh pretty effectively then i think you can actually draw a lot of cards of it my concern is just like you play this and you like scry to and then your opponent like questing beasts or they have a board full of like random dorks and attack it because it doesn't do anything to protect itself like it is all in on you protecting it with other cards hey, you survive a questing beast you go to five loyalty <laughs> it goes back to one if you kicked it you get two activations next turn right you get like four activations actually no i guess the the one loyalty one dies the questing beast yeah uh, but that's three activations still right so it's still, it still has like a bit of toughness to it. It's still five five toughness when it comes down. It should go what up to six. About... <laughs> it should go up to six and make a elk. plus two instead of make... yeah what... <laughs> make food tokens. Yeah. What yep, you... yep, yep, yep. <laughs> what do you think about some sort of like like the mono blue shell that is like in historic and pioneer a little bit? It was a big thing in standard with curious obsession. Like, do you think that's the way to play this, or do you think it's like purely a like play it in the sideboard, bring it in in the control matchups where it's not going to get attacked too much? As as of right now, with with like how much we know about Zendikar, it feels like something I would bring in out of the sideboard. As of right now, um, may, maybe like I I don't know. I mean, like that that's the best thing I can think of right now. Yeah, I I, I consider it like a painful truth. I, I was gonna say divination, but I think it's slightly better than divination. Like, would you play painful truths in your mono blue deck, assuming you could cast it and draw three cards? And the the answer is most likely no. Would you play it in your mid-range deck or your control deck? Probably. So if you're trying to sit there and grind out advantage, but I think like tempo decks probably want to get in there and finish the game rather than sit there and plus jaces and mess around and get crushed by a you know 
a much larger planeswalker. So, yeah. Uh, next card, we have Nahiri, Heir of the Ancients. Uh, Nahiri is still Boros, 4 CMC, 2 red and a white, 4 starting loyalty. Uh, plus 1, create a plus uh, create a 1-1 one, one white core warrior creature token. You may attach an equipment you control to it. Minus 2, look at the top 6 cards of your library. You may reveal a warrior or equipment card from them and put it in your hand. Put the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. Minus three, Nahiri deals damage to target creature or planeswalker equal to twice the number of equipment you control. I, I think this is a lot, this is better. But of course it is a four mana planeswalker. So for a four mana planeswalker, I, I guess this is okay. I, I Once again, yeah, we just gotta just kind of wait and see what the rest of the set does, but like, it's no War of the Spark Planeswalker. <laughs> I, 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 uh, I like I, the equipment clause. I just think, doesn't Colossus Hammer rotate? Colossus Hammer does rotate. Oh. And I think that, that hits out a really good point. I think Nahiri is actually really strong. I think it's, uh, if you just look at the abilities, you got the plus that is actually exactly the same, I believe, as the commander deck version that you can play as your commander. Unfortunately, there's no, like, Skull Clamp in standard to combo with, but still, you make a token to defend itself, get to equip for free, the negative generates card advantage, the ultimate is reasonable removal in a deck that is going to be playing Nahiri. I think the problem with Nahiri I have is uh, the stuff that Nahiri cares about and is good at isn't stuff that's necessarily good in standard. Like, So I think it's leaning really heavily on Zendikar having good equipment and Warriors, because I actually like look through current standard, like cards that are going to be there from uh, Throne of Eldraine, Theros Beyond Death, all those sets. There's not much. You have like Embercleave, I guess, and then Shadow Sphere are like kind of playable equipments, and then it's pretty janky. There's a couple of, like, random warriors, but nothing, like, I think Rada's a warrior, but there's nothing, like, super exciting to build warrior tribal. So I think that's the question, like, how many good equipments and good warriors are we gonna get? Because in a deck with a bunch of warriors and equipment, I feel like Nahiri's actually a really strong card. She's really powerful, but narrow in the decks that can actually take advantage of her power. Yeah, and that that's kind of the thing, like, I mean, Okay, like, getting an Embercleave is great, but yeah, like, will there be, like, an equipment deck? I mean, that that would be pretty cool, right? We haven't, I don't think we've had a good Boros deck in, in a minute, <laughs> in standard. I mean, I mean I, I don't think we've ever had a good equipment deck, aside from a Stoneforge deck, right? Because right. the play pattern is not good, right? Like, if you have three equipment uh, in your starting hand, your opponent removes your one creature, and, like, you do nothing, right? So typically, Correct. when you play equipment... You have like one good equipment, like say a sword or a batter skull, and like that's it, right? In which case, Nahiri kind of sucks. Like, you know, can you imagine Nahiri and Embercleave deck? Like, why? Like, wh what are you doing, right? Nothing, right? You actually want to have like Cauldra or something on the battlefield, yeah. right? And then you, you swing <laughs> yeah. it with Nahiri, but you just don't do that in Constructed. So I think Nahiri is just gonna be a commander card, right? Like, if you are playing oh, yeah. Boros equipment. Uh, here you go. But standard, we never really play equipment. And then when we actually have busted equipment, we have like one piece of equipment. That's it. And, you know, you minus three, deal that. one damage to something is, is not very enticing. So, <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Well, twice. double one damage. Yeah. Oh, 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 twice. I'm <laughs> so sorry. Two, two damage. damage. <laughs> well, you try to build Bogles. You try to build Voltron, which never like really actually happens in standard. 
I can't think of any time we've put like two equipment on like one creature in standard. Oh, I I actually think it's really good. I I think I think that maybe we're sleeping. I feel like equipment has been trending in the right direction. What's the equipment like, we're gonna it, attach? Blackblade Reforge I mean, is like the best one I can think of, but but that's that's, not, that's gonna rotate, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. I mean Zendikar. Get, wait wait and see what we get in Zendikar. Like I feel like we've seen wizards putting better equipment over the past year, and I feel like Zendikar has historically had a theme of equipment with like I don't know all the random like common equipments that were in the original Zendikar, like uh, expedition map, no explorer scope, all that kind of stuff. So I think that we're gonna have a equipment theme in Zendikar, and that there's gonna be some good equipment. Will that make an equipment deck like top tier and standard? I don't know, but I think. Obviously, we got to wait and see, but I would be surprised if Nahiri is bad after we see all that's in Zendikar. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely have to wait it out and see what comes with Zendikar, but Richard is right, though. Like, I mean, I, I feel like most of the equipment stuff, like, example, like an Embercleave deck probably doesn't need a four mana Planeswalker. It's probably hitting you with a bunch of little red creatures, right? Or something along those lines. So I, I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see with Nahiri. Uh, so those are the two cards we have. Uh, we also have the the uh full art promo versions uh of them so you can check them out on the site mdgpreviews.com uh previews start in earnest tomorrow so uh we'll actually get a new dose of standard uh rotation is happening so it's gonna be brand new standard exciting times and then uh two planeswalkers already and power level seems seems good i, I think they haven't gone off the walls crazy yet but we'll see what equipment <laughs> they're gonna sell packs with uh hopefully not more ember cleaves hopefully something like shadow spear or something but we'll, we'll see how it goes yeah there's a there's a stream i believe at 11 a.m tomorrow to kind of kick things off so that'll be our our big first look i'm actually really hyped i think zendikar is gonna be sweet and in all honesty i was a little relieved to see these planeswalkers be unique but kind of like narrow and not super broken after the last like year and a half of or this park i am perfectly fine and also oko i guess to some extent but i would be perfectly fine with the zendikar players being kind of like niche role players rather than you know format all-stars that are showing up in every deck i think my, some of my pa- favorite planeswalkers are planeswalkers that are very powerful but like Nihiri, very narrow, so every deck can't play them. I think the problem that we run into is Planeswalkers that are really uh, powerful and not narrow. Then you have Okos into Fairies that are just showing up in like 50 plus percent of decks, and then that's not really fun for everyone. I think like having cards at Oko's power level, but that can only go in equipment deck, I'm perfectly fine with stuff like that. I think like that's kind of where I would like Planeswalkers to be. Yeah. I, I I would also like to see. I mean, and thankfully there's no mana doubling yet, but we haven't seen the Nissa. <laughs> We've seen yet. Two, We've seen two cards. Wait, wait, wait exactly. till you see Lotus Cobra reincarnated as a free blocker. <laughs> it, like Lotus Cobra without fetch lands, I think I could live with. It's just like I I'm very nervous for this new Nissa. Like I I am genuinely afraid. Wait, do we so, know if Nissa's in the set or not? She's on the booster. We do pack. know. Oh, she's on the yeah. booster pack. Uh oh. <laughs> yeah, so I I am like very scared, but you know what? The, I I have a little bit of hope that, that there's going to be some balance to these planeswalkers. So you know, like whatever, I'll, we'll just we'll just wait and see. But like I I'm gonna slightly sweat it until I see that Nissa's revealed. Oh <laughs> uh, well, 
I mean, we'll know more for sure tomorrow, but for today, let's do some speculating. So a couple of days ago, I think it was uh, on the Watsy stream last week, they had Mark Rosewater on, and he did his traditional hints for the set, and it's always fun to kind of go over them, see if you can kind of figure out what he might be talking about. They're pretty cryptic, but also interesting. So, uh, Richard, why don't you kind of give us some of these hints, and then we can see if we can figure out maybe what card or what kind of card he might be talking about. All right. First up, we have a white creature that can make an opponent lose the game simply by attacking them, no matter how much life they have. Oh, yeah. That Okay, <laughs> I'm pretty sure there's going to be some ridiculous drawback, but you know what? I If it's in white, that sounds kind of cool, right? Like a Master of Cruelties or maybe even a Phage-style card, but in white? That yeah, that's interesting, right? I I I like it. I like it. I'm I I hope it's not like infector or something ridiculously broken, but like <laughs> I, I think people actually asked about infect and they confirmed that it's not infect. So we know in specific it's not infect, but beyond that, uh, it is up for debate. I think so. How could they possibly word this card? Obviously, even at a high mana cost, I think that just. When this attacks, defending player loses a game, or even when this deals combat damage, defending player loses a game, probably too strong. So I feel like well, it's got to have. That's totally like, not if white. You're, though, right? I, it's not. It's definitely not white to see something worded like that. But if it were worded like that, I bet you this card is like nine mana or something like that, and it's a one one. And then you can <laughs> you can sneak it in for one mana and standard is broken. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll find out, right? Like, I mean, <laughs> so, so I was gonna say it's something like if you have like more than fifteen life than your opponent, but then this this says like no matter how much life they have, so it can't be that condition. It's gotta, I, it's gotta be, be what like, is a white like, condition? They have more like creatures in, than you, more enchantments, artifacts, or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like for every permanent type, oh. if they have more than you. They lose. That, yeah. <laughs> I wonder, we were just talking about Nahiri. Do you think it could be equipment-based? Like, <laughs> if they have no equipment, how, how, they lose. <laughs> yeah. Well, no. I, I could, like, I could if see If you that, have, or like, because Nahiri cares about you having equipment, maybe it's like when this deals combat damage, if you control five or more equipment or something, that player dies. Like, it gives it super ultra-death touch if you get enough equipment on the battlefield. What, what if it's just like, uh, if your opponent doesn't have any equipment, they lose the game? <laughs> <laughs> That's that's probably that would probably make equipment more playable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What, what if your opponent Everyone's has more lands than you? They lose the game. <laughs> oh, I would I would love that. Yes, yes. <laughs> your your opponent has a card named Uro on the battlefield or in their graveyard. It would there <laughs> would finally the be some kind of like something that ramp decks would fear for ramping. If you have more lands than they have more lands than you, they lose the game. Yes. I, I do like that the opponent loses the game and you don't win the game. I like the idea of like you're like a white knight or something. You're just smiting someone down from like infinite life. I do like yeah. that. And I do like that this theoretically triggers in commander. Uh, so if someone goes infinite life, you're like, whatever, right? Here we go. I can kill you without commander damage using this thing, whatever it is. So it it is cool. I like the flavor of it. We'll see how it actually pans out. Hopefully it's not so convoluted like... If this is the eighth creature you've cast this turn or something, and, and they're the all one ones. above seventy degrees outside, <laughs> and depending on how warped a single card of yours is, <laughs> <laughs> if your opponent's deck contains any cards more warped than yours, they lose the game. <laughs>
All right, next up, we have a multicolored creature <laughs> that lets you repeatedly reanimate permanents out of your opponent's graveyard for no mana. This is going to definitely be... It's it's this it's definitely a, a terrifying thing to read up front, but it's probably going to be like something like a land. Wait, what? A, oh, I mean, like, like you lands. can reanimate a land or something like that. And, and I mean, because I mean, technically I, you could repeatedly I, I do it. I think it's actually like, permanence. I don't think they would say permanence when they... When it was actually lands. Well, it, it'll be like permanent with like CMC, you know, like zero or, or less. No, I, I, I feel like you take it at face value. It's actually just permanence. Except that's this will have a steep casting thought. cost or something, right? Like they'll be like, oh, this was never doable. Like Underworld Breach or something, right? Re- like, but repeatedly? Like, so, well, for no man. I mean, so uh, picture this. What I was thinking, uh, you know, do you know Debtor's Nell from Guild Pack? That, it's like seven mana Orzhov yeah, enchantment. Yeah. That's like yeah, beginning that. your upkeep, you get to reanimate a creature. Like, couldn't you have a seven mana Orzhov creature that was like at the beginning of your upkeep, you get to reanimate a permanent from your opponent's graveyard or something like that? Like, would yeah. that count as repeatedly or do you think it because it can't just be like oh this hits a, it can't be like scavenging use or something where it's like oh sure zero, zero mana put a permanent from your opponent's graveyard into play like that <laughs> would not be good but well, it, if it's it, once it a turn be, right? and it's it, expensive it could be it, it would just be in dark green realms or whatever it would just right? be in green whatever we're talking about it's got to be <laughs> like green and x <laughs> or, or sorry it's command the dreadhorn it's simic <laughs> No life. I mean, no mana, but costs you life. So it could be something like that. Ooh. It could be like once a turn. Um, or maybe maybe you have to exile so many cards from your opponent's graveyard to be able to put one into play. What if there's... That would like naturally keep it in check. Yeah. What if there's something like, like, like you know, card types? A little bit of that Tarmogoyf. Like if, <laughs> if you have, I don't know, three or four, or four card types, it can reanimate. Yeah. yeah. Or... If you, you have to have at least five equipment on the battlefield. Or five. Yeah, okay. All right. <laughs> I mean, and it's in Boros. And it's in Boros. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Next up. Three creatures with five creature types. Not changeling. So human warrior ally. <laughs> That's three. Equipment. <laughs> equipment creature. <laughs> so, so there's got to be like some dual species creature. That would put you at four. What else could it be? Like... Like a double class, like a like a merfolk, a a human merfolk cleric wizard ally, Eldrazi. <laughs> I mean, oh, Meld is back. Yeah, ally is a good guess. We'll see. Do we know what the main tribes are? I know we've heard rumors about like clerics and demons being part of it. Yes, like, a demon cleric maybe, ally. If there's like five main tribes, maybe it's just all those, all those tribes so like a grizzly bear that has every major tri- uh, tribes type so you can play it in any deck and limited or something could be a zombie i mean something all- that's like stitched together from like four different oh types. vampires maybe yeah i mean we see shapeshifter rogue right like as as something so like i don't know i i i just hope there's more rogues because i've been what do you- on a serious thieves <laughs> guild enforcer <laughs> like binge what do you think about a creature having five types? Like, discounting what those types are. Like, there's, I don't think there's any way we were going to guess it. Like, is that too much? At what point, like, how many how many creature types can you put out a creature before it's just over? Are they going to have to, like, add a second line to the type line to just, like, put in more 
more creature types in the future. Yeah, I, I feel it should be a flavor reason. If it's not a flavor yeah. reason, I think it's pretty, like, dumb. Like, the type is supposed to extract its essence or something, right? Like, if you have five different types, you can choose the two most important or whatever, and that's your type. So having five for no reason is weird, but I feel like there is a flavor reason for having five here. So Aren't there hedrons or whatever on this plane? Like, we see it on, like, some of the stuff, right? The artwork and whatnot. So, like... Doesn't that mean there's something inside it? Yeah, real talk. Ooh. I don't know what a hedron is. Like, I I know I, I know also, it's those things from Zendikar, but like, yeah. what is it? <laughs> I've aligned them, but I don't know what they are. Uh, <laughs> Does it hold mana or something? Does it hold creatures? Like, I, I don't know what it is. <laughs> I I mean, I'm not a lore person, so I, I'm not entirely sure what like if they held like Eldrazi in them. But I I, I think that's what was encased in Eld like in the hedron like stuff. Wait, did it they didn't <laughs> exist before? Battle for Zendikar? They didn't exist on the original Zendikar? They no, Hedron Hedron Archive was from original oh. Zendikar, wasn't it? Wait, wait is the story uh, like there's been Eldrazi since the beginning and they've just been like sleeping there? Or the no Dreamstone. <laughs> Dreamstone Hedron was the Zendikar one. Yeah. I don't think it's Eldrazi. But I actually should we just Google this? Should we look this up so we don't look like No, it's it's better <laughs> what, if we just make wild speculations about this. <laughs> What is a hedron? MTG. Well, I'm, I'm the, looking it up now. They're in MTG, like since Zendikar, right? Because like Eldrazi Temple or whatever had it, uh, and, and like you know the like the full art lands, you could see them just always floating in the skies. Okay, so so the hedrons were used to imprison the Eldrazi, but yep. Eldrazi were not in them. Or they yeah, were like sorry, around around them. Yeah, yes. so it's not like Eldrazi live in them. But they are ancient stone monoliths found on Zendikar, and when properly aligned, they become powerful tools of binding. So you align them, and then you trap the Eldrazi or whatever. Okay, well, there you go. But but what if now those opened up? <laughs> <laughs> and and there's and Okos and, and, and like, <laughs> Emrakul the Promised End. <laughs> Surprise, spaghetti monsters are back. All right, next, we have an artifact granting plus two, plus two to a subset of creatures that first appeared in Alpha. What the heck's a subset of creatures? Uh, so I assume it's, it's like a tribe? Like, no? It's, it's got to be like a non-tribe. Like, why would they just say tribe? Like, why would they say subset of creatures? Uh, I don't remember. This is from a live stream. So they, I, it was not like a written article. They were just kind of mm. talking talking live so maybe that's just how they happen to say it so my guess is it's a tribe but it is a weird way to say that i mean but what alpha creatures would be in zendikar i'm trying to think like goblins, what creature types carry over goblins that's a good guess uh pirate ship vampires <laughs> Pi. i like, feel like it's got to be something that's in alpha and like ship. never been seen again a ship <laughs> Ooh. I mean, we, cause like, cause we had pirate ship, right? Yeah. Uh, oh, it could be clerics. There were clerics in Alpha, right? I, I think there, no, wait, that was a wizard. I was going to say prodigal sorcerer, but like, I guess that's. How uh, about hero? We have banalish hero, cockatrice, <laughs> fungusaur, <laughs> shades, forces. There, there's Sh some lions. Ship. I, I, I'm going to, you know what? I'm on board with ship. There was no ship, ship in Alpha, though. Was was pirate ship not in Alpha? I feel that was Legends uh, or something. It was. It was Alpha? It actually was originally in Alpha, yeah. Okay, then yes, the dream is still alive. Ship. <laughs> oh, this is a different ship. I was thinking of the the Demir ship. 
Pirate ship is bottle blue. Oh, skeleton. Skeleton ship was ice yeah, age yeah. epic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. how about yeah. rock? I mean, we haven't had rocks in a while <laughs> since like wingmate rock or something. I mean, that's, that's that, true. That was a bird. But, but... Oh, skeleton. Oh, I, Drudge skeleton. You mean like ROC, not like a literal R-O-C-K rock. <laughs> I mean, I, don't even know I bet it's actually goblins or There's something. No way. I, that I, would I, be the stupidest thing. Like, goblins are like one of the most popular tribes. Like, why would this clue be so obscure? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm telling I mean, you, maybe. ship. I'm gonna, I, like, that's it. At this point, we're all in. I'm right. Like, there is no other type from Alpha that matters because doppelganger. Rest... <laughs> Maybe the theme of the set is doubling everything that Jace <laughs> since Jace. So we're gonna go doppelgangers. Oh no! Please not more doubling. No. <laughs> Double your mana. That's part. No. Of <laughs> no. No more, please. All right. Uh, X being used for a variable is never been used before. Uh, I what has X never been out. used for? Yeah, that's so. My first thought was, oh, it's probably kicker, but then I realized X has definitely been used on kicker a bunch of times, uh, at least several times. It's been mana costs, uh, power and toughness. Um, <laughs> what what else is there? Like, what else can you X the X X life cards uh, cards left in library? No, that exists. There's X cards left in library. I, doesn't there? Like, no, no. Actually, that's equal to number of. Let me see. Here. Isn't there, isn't there uh, with with the enchantment from Amonkhet or Frank Sanity? Hmm. Yeah, like at the beginning of where X is number. Oh no, that's X Mills X cards, where X is the number of cards put into their graveyard from anywhere this turn. X is the number of players yeah. in the game. That that ooh ooh doesn't that also already? Would they put that in a standard set though? I don't know. Just like they play cards that say one or more opponents in standards because they want to sell <laughs> commander cards in standard. That like is pretty pretty directly seems like uh, a multiplayer card though. That seems more like a commander legends thing. But I like I like that idea. That's a good guess. I I don't know. That's a tough one. It feels like X has been used for most things already. That's what makes it hard it's it kind of amazes me that there's something that hasn't been axed yet <laughs> after 27 years of magic maybe maybe it's like uh one of those like equals no but then huh i really hope it's unique and it's not something like they've used uh you know equal to the number of something before and technically it wasn't x uh, so i hope it's not one of those <laughs> things and i hope it's actually like we're uniquely counting something we've never counted before uh, okay, a 6-6 six, six artifact creature that costs 3, and a 7-5 artifact creature that can cost 3. Do you think it's... Do, do you mirror. think 3 mana is just straight up 6-6 six, six artifact creature? It's a mirror. It's gotta no. be mirrors, right? Like, there's the mirror titan thing before, right? The 5-5 five, five mirror in the, the... Was that not in this set of the the first Zendikar? It was maybe a mirrored in block? I think that... I think it was Mirrodin, yeah. I think it was the sh- uh, Scars of Mirrodin is where that one came from. I think that it's got to be something like that, though. I don't think there's any way, even with the power creep of the last couple of years, I don't think we're to the point where you just get a colorless 6-6 six, six for three. Like, I, that seems a little extreme to me. It's got to be, like, loop well, and prototype. It's got to have some drawback. Like, oh, can't attack unless, can't cast unless. Like, there's got to be some major drawback, I think. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, Mere Superion. There you go. That's what I was thinking of. So, so yeah, like, that card. Like, it, it's definitely got to have a drawback, though. Like, I mean, it, 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 it can't it might... attack unless it has, it can't 
attack or block unless it's equipped. Yeah, oh, three mana that six makes six. Oh, that could be three a mana thing. seven five is some kind of like affinity type thing. Oh, I bet, I bet that's actually wow. That's a great guess. I think isn't there a three mana five five that has that ability from like one of the scars of Mirrodin? Like there was some creature very similar to that I remember from Limited. That's that's probably it. I think the equipment one, I'm going with that now. That's a really good guess. Sounds like I'm going to draft like four of these and never pick up equipment. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The return of four mana symbols that have each only ever been used on two cards before. So this one, I think, has actually been confirmed that it's two brid. Like the multiple hybrid Like the two slash black, like Beseech the Queen type uh beseech the queen or like reaper king yeah like that that type of colorless slash colored hybrid mana all right uh lands that come with a choice you've never had before (laughs) (laughs) what target opponent loses the game like what choice is this i i I, this could be though like like the zendikar basics or whatever like not like um like Halimar Depths and stuff like that, but like with with two abilities instead of like like it could be Scry and something else when it enters the battlefield. I think to me, I think this probably confirms or at least suggests that the the rumors about Fliplands could be true, because which side to play it, face up or face down, that's a choice you never had before on a land, and that's one of the like rumors that's been going around about the land cycle. So I think it's probably that. If it's that, that's going to be pretty sweet. Like, like it definitely seems like a dual like land, if, right? Like, it, it could be a dual land too, right? Like, play this side if you want a island, or play this side if you want a swamp. Basically, yeah. Like that—that's what the rumor has been. Like, you you get to choose which side to play. One side's an island, one side's a swamp. Who knows what the details would be? But that would be kind of interesting. I think it would be pretty powerful, especially for aggro. Like, assuming it comes into play on tap, that seems like a good land cycle. Pretty yeah. much a dual land. Uh, yeah. Targeted enchantment removal in black. Ooh. Boo. Boo. You know, this this oh. I'm excited for. Grixis finally can deal with an enchantment. No longer will you laugh at me as you sit there. <laughs> that defeats the purpose of Grixis. No. <laughs> the number one attribute of Grixis is it can't deal with enchantments. <laughs> it, it honestly was, except for like Grixis charm and like Farika's libation. I'm like, you know what? Those are not real ways of dealing with it. But you're telling I, me now I can finally destroy the darn opposing Ascontas, Sealaways, Ixalan's bindings, stuff like that. That's sweet. Although you know that you're probably going to just lose a lot of life, right? It's going to be like twice the life of the CMC of the enchantment. I really, I really dislike this. I already dislike the edicts why? that they've but, started printing. But why, Seth? Like, green already does everything. It does your tax for you. It walks your dog. It does, like, <laughs> on, you know, it, it, it draws I, you cards. It counters things. It, it's like, why not give, like, finally, enchantment removal. That's not what even, like. What is color pie? <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I feel As, you should fix I mean, green rather than make every other color nonsensical. <laughs> Come on, ramp. <laughs> ramp in other colors. Let's go. <laughs> I feel uh, like I feel like the color pie needs to matter. Like I feel like magic is at its best when colors matter. I feel like part of what makes magic awesome is 
not every color can do things. And some colors are better than things than other colors. Like that's, that's what makes the game unique. So that's one of my problems. Other problem is people always say like, Oh, black can't deal with enchantments. You get thought seize and duress. And no, like, no, 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 no. You're, you black decks get those don't stop most decks. Uh, sure, but it gets the least conditional answers out of any color except for blue. Like blue gets counter spells, black gets unconditional discard spells. I think that those are extremely powerful answers. You can answer anything. You just have a timing restriction, exactly like a counter spell. Like you can answer anything, but you have to keep leaving a mana during your opponent's turn if you want to be able to use it. So I think that the the argument that black can't do it is actually like not really true. Black just does it in a unique black way, and I feel like that being able to answer everything <laughs> and having thoughtsies like isn't that isn't that like busted? Like doesn't that take away from what makes black? black okay we know it's gonna be bad it's not gonna be disenchant but still even at four mana just like the ability to do it like there is some satisfaction knowing you're playing a mono black and your sideboard card is an enchantment right and like seth said all you gotta do is dodge the thoughtsies and then you're good to go so i i feel like we need that i feel like i don't want every color to do everything like I, I know I know Krim would love this, but imagine if Black had a Doom Blade that when it killed a creature, like ramped. Like say yeah. like like, yeah, like growth spiral before black you're like what? It should. <laughs> it should. <laughs> nice Uro, dude. <laughs> I can do the same thing. Alright. I don't know. I, I think that, that this should exist. Uh for for like so like those exact situations where like some some colors just can't deal with an enchantment efficiently right and and it feels nice after the like, last like two years of green doing everything let me ask you this then grim should red be able to kill an enchantment i mean let's, it, let's, it is a third of grixis uh, <laughs> and so but like warp, right i guess you know what why not at this point <laughs> why not right so like, blue, but like, blue should get the- lightning bolt while we're at it well, kill, I, yes, uh, water bolt. <laughs> a bolt of water uh, will be thrown at you, and you will feel three damage, at least emotionally. <laughs> because. <laughs> all right, all right. Here, I'll, I'll get Krim with this one. So, red should get unconditional pyroblast. I, I mean, you know spells. what? Honestly, with how much <laughs> blue has been getting dunked on in the last, like, two years of, like, unless paired with green, why not? <laughs> Control magic is, is has been in a pickle for quite some time. So, yeah, why not? I, I do think, though, like, in, in all honesty, like, red, if it got enchantment removal, it could be something like CMC 2 or less or 3 or less. I don't know. Like, there, there's a lot of ways you can definitely get around. Make, make it a little more restricting, but at least have some ways to deal with enchantments, right? And, like, like I, I, I'm pretty sure the black enchantment removal either A, B, like... On a planes or a planeswalker, or I don't know, like some nineteen mana creature, or it's gonna make me lose three times the life of the CMC. <laughs> uh, I might be just an old man yelling at the clouds, but I I'm not a fan of black having enchantment removal and doubly so. Like when they first did that enchantment edict, what was that? Theros Beyond Death, yeah. the Farika's Libation. If you read the article, they were like, "Well, we decided to give black enchantment removal, but." We decide we're only giving them edicts because that's like black. So we're gonna like slightly give black enchantment removal, but it's edicts, and that lasted what 
three sets, and now we're getting like targeted enchantment yeah. removal. Apparently, so but, but it doesn't pay that life equal like, to the CMC. It's totally yeah. It's the demonic. <laughs> it's the demonic way, right? You you lose. It's probably attached to the uh, like a demon or something. What if it's actually the demonic way? Like remove target enchantment, you lose the game at the beginning of your next upkeep. Oh come on! <laughs> oh, come on. I, I, I okay. will take that, I, right? I mean, like, oh, you sell on. your soul yeah, to kill an enchantment. <laughs> it's I like mean... a very black thing to do. Just throw everything away for one turn of glory. Honestly, I guess it's maybe like a like red, with red thing to do. Black can kill so many things, though, right? Why not? Let it just kill an enchantment. Let it kill an artifact. Or like lose half your life. I could see that. That was old school black downside. Lose half your life, round it up or something. It's it's probably a serious. I I really do think it's just going to be you lose life equal to the CMC, and it's going to be like fifteen mana, or some something, some high costing mana. We'll see if it's anywhere near a black disenchant. I'm going to be even more disappointed. <laughs> All right. Black, so hopefully it's bad. Black disenchant is disappointing, but what about all the other things going on? There's still Uro. <laughs> a red slash white creature with a line of rules text that starts with whenever and ends with draw a card. Whenever you equip. Commander. Whenever you Ooh. equip. I like that. Draw a card. You draw a card. Yeah. Or maybe cast an equipment, it could be, like a pure steel type effect whenever an equipment enters the battlefield cast, under your control. Right? If it's like, whenever you equip, you just have a pure steel paladin and ping pong your things and just win with Thassa's Oracle on the spot? Like, I mean, maybe, oh, yeah, it, but that. not in standard. <laughs> because Unless it's got a mana cost. If it's like, whenever you equip, you can pay one or two or something. Still then it would pretty be good. fine. I mean, think about it. Then, then like, you have Nahiri. Come, it'll probably be, like, two or three mana, and then you curve right into a Nahiri. Yeah. And So do we think that equipments are going to be, like, a major theme of this set? I feel like we talked about Nahiri. Now we've gone through these hints. Are equipments going to be good for, like, the first time ever? None of these right. hints have anything to do with equipment. We've just tacked equipment onto <laughs> yeah, them. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we've kind of made that our, ourselves. And then we're going to be let down when it has nothing to do with equipments. I mean, if if this <laughs> says Seth living weapon, least. wait, living weapon was battle. No, I mean not Mirrodin, uh, right? Mirrodin, yeah, yeah, that was Mirrodin, yeah. Like living weapon could be a way that this could actually work, uh, but with living weapon, I feel like it's pretty hard to play equipment. I'd decks. love to see living weapon again. I I'm being honest with you. I I think that'd be really cool. Or what if they do just more equip for free? Like whoa, is that whoa, enough? Whoa, like whoa. no, I mean like when it enters the battlefield, like you still gotta equip it the second time, but kind of like Embercleave, where you kind of get a get a discount almost if you're putting in a player. Like oh, when it enters the battlefield, equips to a creature, then you have to pay the equip cost after that creature dies, or if you want to yeah, move it, like Embercleave. I think it'll be played on like you know a single equipment, but that doesn't really make uh, an equipment Voltron deck viable, right? Yeah, I guess that's true. So you think it's got to come along with a creature? Yeah. But then don't you risk having it be too good? Like, Batter Skull is pretty yeah. good. I mean, unless you can make, like, a Bogles deck. Like, if there's an actual one mana 1-1 one, one hexproof, then maybe you can load up your deck with equipment and, like, get I somewhere. I mean, Shadow Spear exists for a reason. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh. that's right. We can't even do that. So I, I just can't see a I deck would... where you have, like, four equipments in your open hand, and you're like, yes, this is exactly where I want them. <laughs> <laughs> like, what would that be? <laughs> Oh, I would rather have Black Disenchant than Slippery Boggle and Standard. <laughs> First off, Black Disenchant is not that bad. Second, <laughs> I, I feel Boggle isn't that impressive. You, you, we have four mana wraths again. You just wrath the board. You're good. 
Like, well, you know, it's, it's not that scary. Just, is, it, is it heroic intervention in the format? Yeah, it's still. Mm. We, we, well, <laughs> sure, I'll draw a card. <laughs> <laughs> it's build your own veil of summer, which, by the way, heroic intervention does not give you hex proof. By the way, just reminder: no, no, no specific reason. Not because I de- accidentally casted it against Mangu on stream, thinking it'd protect me from a thought erasure. Yeah, it's it's not quite Teferi's protection. <laughs> yeah, just saying, just just throwing <laughs> that out there for anybody that might have thought that. <laughs> All right, we have some uh, quick hitters here. So running low on time. Rule text experts uh, excerpts three plus eh, different converted mana cost X or less and eh, equal to twenty minus. Uh, cowards can't block warriors. What what's that? What's Ooh. the card that cared about cowards again? It's a red card, right? From yeah, super yeah. long ago. Something. Uh, There's yeah. two of them, right? There's like one super old one, and then a new one they made recently. You know, it's. I think was I was it a reprint. I played in my Goad EDH deck. I think. Uh, is it b- bold? Bold? We something? Ah, uh, man. I can't remember. Bold, bolder intimidator. Yeah, is it, it, it is. is easy. It is. How many cards have the word coward in them? Baldwer Intimidator. <laughs> Cowards can't block warriors. Yeah. I mean, do you think it's just a reprint of that then? Or do you think no. we're going to get a new card we're that get, references We're going to get a new warrior. Because warrior is like a, a thing in Zendikar, right? <laughs> so the fact that cowards can't block. I'm going to make a coward Ooh. deck. Like, what, Why are these cowards? Like, Who, who is an actual does, coward? Does Hold Pyrophobia are, come back? Oh, a coward legendary commander. <laughs> There aren't. There, there, are there any no cowards? literal cowards? I don't believe there are. Maybe that's how we get those five creature types. Maybe coward is going to be like a subtype now or something. <laughs> Maybe that's a no. Wait, but that was that an alpha? <laughs> coward ally, <laughs> human vampire, whatever. I, I want. I want. A, it's like a five mana one one. That's it. That's all it does. Ooh. <laughs> it's a, a coward. Can't block an illusion or a blue creature. That's a coward that can constantly bounce itself back to your hand. Ooh, yeah, Norin should definitely be a coward. Like, if they can go back and errata some things to be coward, Norin is uh, definitely the most cowardly legend in Magic. Uh, okay, continuing the list. Uh, don't lose unspent red mana. Sounds a little Great. dangerous. Uh, twice the number of equipment. That's actually on Nahiri. Uh, if it's the third time, something about third times. <laughs> Hedron alignment is back! <laughs> or but Except not as bad. <laughs> Uh, and then creature types. Okay, we have a mouse. We ever had a mouse? We only had rats, right? Uh, Leviathan crab, shapeshifter rogue, demon cleric, yes, worm horror, hydra horror, cat horror. Is this Eldrazi? Why are there That's so why many I horrors? Think five creature types, right? Lots of horrors. There's, you know what I mean? Like, come on, come on, Eldrazi. Eldrazi. Didn't they say no Eldrazi? Like, didn't they actually, like, just straight up say that? What, okay. what, are, what are all these, like, cat horrors and worm horrors and hydro horrors? Yeah, that's... Horror that's tribal would be so sweet. Because then you get... You, you have Hunted Nightmare and all that stuff already in the format, right? So you, you could try to go for, like, a, a horror tribal thing. But most importantly, the, the best thing is the Demon Cleric. I think Demon Cleric and Shapeshifter Rogue. As long as I get more rogues and more demons, I'm happy. I think mouse is interesting. I'm pretty curious what an actual mouse card would be like. Uh, it's probably like a mouseketeer or something like that. That'd be cool. <laughs> a fencing mouse. <laughs> it'll it'll be legendary too, so you know you can play it as your commander. 
Mouse, mouse tribal EDH. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bet, better than its cousin rat tribal because it's not around revolving around a meme. Oh, boy. If that actually happened, then we could do, like, mice versus rats versus cats versus dogs for Commander Clash. That would be that would be a good week. Yes. Agreed. <laughs> all right. Uh, that's all of the hints Maro dropped. Uh, we don't need to speculate anymore because tomorrow we actually start getting previews. So hopefully we can start knocking some of these down. But the card I'm most excited for is the white creature that can make an opponent lose the game. I hope it's good. I hope it's playable. I hope it's something that actually triggers in standard as opposed to a 10 mana card that you might play casually. I hope it's something you can actually use to win the game with. Yeah, I'm excited for that too. And I'm actually excited about a lot of things from this set. I really like Kicker. I think hybrid mana, the the two-brid mana is going to be cool. I like hybrid mana. A lot of things about this set are exciting, so I'm definitely hyped for it. And if you have guesses, uh, audience, as to what these things might be referencing, definitely let us know in the comments. Uh, anyway, Richard, we got a few minutes left. Uh, let's uh, get through some fish mail. All right. Uh, if you have questions, send them to at MGGoldfish with the hashtag MGFishMail, and we'll get to your questions on air. From Javier, hello goldfish team, since around arena beta I knew the FTP grindy model was not the most convenient for me. Now after one year of Azorius and Civic Dominance, I'm pretty much done. I feel like playing is work, I've been forced to play decks I hate to keep up with quests and wins, it's so time consuming, I'm not even full FTP. Uh, So I want to go back to Moto, however Moto seems so abandoned, Uh, what should I do? What do you guys think? We're, mm. I guess, like two years since Arena came out. How it's... is the FTP model? Especially since this week there was some hurrah over the latest Mastery Pass for Zendikar. I I feel like it's actually not possible anymore. I mean, it, it is. It is possible. Uh, you can play, like, Historic, and you can play, like, the, the Boggles deck or whatever. Like, because that one's pretty decent when it comes to wild cards. So I, I guess there are still some options, but, like, the decks that are available to you don't feel that great, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, obviously you can free-to-play Arena, but it is hard to have multiple top-tier decks, especially you can build budget decks, so there are options. Um, I haven't played a lot of other free-to-play games, so it's hard for me to, like, give my personal experience on how it compares to other games. Uh I don't know. I would like to say just play Magic Online, but I don't know if that's the right choice either. Like, economically, it definitely is, but you lose out on all the graphics, uh, the speed of the client. So, I don't know. Like, I honestly don't know how to answer this. There's not a great way to free to play competitively on Arena. But most Magic has moved towards Arena and away from Magic Online. You can play Magic Online much cheaper, but you're not going to have the same support and all the like stuff that Wizards does tournament-wise that you get on Arena. I I don't know how to answer that honestly. Yeah, that's a that's a that's an interesting question because like yeah, like it, it's kind of tough, right? If you want to play Standard, I I feel like is is Standard popular on like Moto? Like I I know people still play leagues, but like. I, you, I don't know. I just feel like I, I, if I'm playing standard, I'd rather just play arena. And also arena has historic. So like the, the currently right now, I mean, as long as you stray away from like the broken stuff, you're not too like worried about like getting your stuff like banned out of like historic. Right. So I guess you can keep 
just like build whatever you want in historic and try to just play that for as long as you can. I mean, the auras deck is it it all comes back to some kind of like aggro strategy though. That's kind of the thing. And if you want to play like a mid-range deck, you're going to need a lot of wild cards. I will say that Moto's definitely not abandoned. I know that's one of the things that it said in the the fish mail question and like I still play a ton of Moto because I play older formats and it fires consistently quickly. So it's it's not abandoned in the sense that you're going to have trouble getting games or anything. So maybe uh, use like the card hoarder five tick loan program or spend a little bit of money on Magic Online so you can play older formats. And then that'll give you something else to do when you get tired of grinding like your one budget deck into a tier deck on arena so maybe the the right answer is kind of like a hybrid where you spend a little bit on each try to grind into a better collection slowly on arena while also having cheap decks in pauper or modern or whatever commander that you can play on magic online when you get tired of playing auras or mono red or whatever budget deck you can put together on arena yeah, I, I do agree that Arena makes you play Magic in ways you don't want to play. Like, I have somehow become a mono-red, mono-white player, which is not what I want to be doing. But if you need to get through your quests, right, like, there is no reason to play Control. It'll take you, like, quadruple the amount of time to finish your quest. Uh, so there's a reason why everyone plays mono-red all the time in best of one ladder, no matter what the meta is, right? It's just the fastest way uh, to grind what you need. And also, like, daily rewards and weekly quests and things like that. Like, I've stopped doing that altogether because I just, like, I don't want to play standard now, right? Standard is boring. I don't want to have to log in and get my, you know, free coins. Like, forget it, right? I'll just spend $20 next release and and then, you know, buy whatever I need as opposed to just grinding this out in a standard I don't want to play. So, yeah, it, it actually does change the way you play. Uh... And I don't know how they could fix that. Like, people complain about this all the time. Like, you should incentivize something other than winning uh, for these quests. Because also, if you need to win, you can't play your jank brews, right? Like, you actually have to play some legit deck to actually win to complete your quests. So, yeah. There's a bunch of issues with the way they're encouraging you to play. Uh, But I, I would like to go back to the days of not having to play aggro all the time. Just because it's, like, simply the most efficient thing to be doing. Uh, okay, next question. At PalPlays, is there any chance MTG Goldfish's website is getting a dark mode theme? Every night I look at the modern metagame and cry myself to sleep when I see all the Uro and 3 Berry <laughs> piles. Having a dark mode might help me get some rest. Uh, it's, it's coming soon. Very soon. Maybe even today. Uh, I'm just putting the final touches on it, so we should be getting dark mode this week. So hang tight, and then you can look at Teferi and Uro in dark mode and fall asleep. <laughs> oh, I'm excited for that, too. I've wanted dark mode for a long time. That's going to be super sweet. Ambrose Bacow won last podcast you're talking about fixing white ramp and said mass nine destruction goes against the spirit of commander. What do you think about reverse ramp? Each opponent sacrifices a land or balance only for land. Would it make stacks overpowered? Isn't that still mass land destruction? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, each player sacks a land wouldn't be, but yeah, balance, I think, is still mass land destruction. Each player sacks a land is probably fine. Like, I, I don't think that's overpowered. I, I think it is overpowered, but it's just simply balanced because the minute you cast, like, a, a pox or a small pox, like, everyone's just going to kill you. 
So in that sense, it's balanced. <laughs> but you did kill three lands for like the cost of one of your lands. So I, I actually think it's not like I don't think they'll do a multiplayer stone rain ever because I still think it goes against the spirit of commander, which is like cast your things, <laughs> right? <laughs> Oh, I thought you'd be the the Armageddon supporter, Richard. I mean, I love Armageddon, but I recognize that Magic players do not have the same appreciation for the fine arts <laughs> as me, right? Like, I think it's fine to like troll our group once in a while with this uh, mass die destruction. I actually have mass die destruction like all the time. I guess you guys don't know because I don't fire it off all the time. <laughs> <laughs> But like you know, I, I you know if I was to go into a random public group, I would not play any land destruction, even you know trolling, right? Because I know people won't have fun, right? I just do it with us because you guys all know it. I only do it at like key moments and stuff like that. But yeah, I, I know people don't like this, right? You don't show up to play commander and then sit there with no lands with all the cards in your hand, right? That's not exactly what you signed up for. Uh, okay. EDH Academy, what if WotC announces starting with Core Set 2020, standard slash reprint sets will no longer be designed with draft in mind? How much of an impact do you think it will have on a game as a whole, especially competitive magic? Aren't those set boosters? Yeah, that's pretty much what set booster is, right? But I think, is that referring to like not designing sets with limited in mind? Yeah, so, so basically everything's a set booster now and there's no more. Yeah. I mean, <sighs> hmm. I, I don't know. I mean, I never draft, so <laughs> everything's a set booster to me. <laughs> I, I'm actually I, curious what this on Arena, what the split of Constructed versus Limited is. Because I feel like even ooh. amongst, like, spiky players, like, very few people play draft, right? But anytime Watsy talks about anything, it seems like draft is, like, the most important thing ever. Like, you know, all master sets needs to be drafted. They bring back flashback drafts and things like that all the time. But I feel like only like us really old timers, like very invested people play draft. I wonder if new people actually play draft. Yeah, I I actually don't know about that either. I would say I feel like standard sets have to be designed with draft in mind. Like I think that is a loss. Even if limited is less popular than constructed, I think not being able to have limited for the newest standard set, I think I think that would be a big negative for Magic. On the other hand, I also pretty strongly believe that stuff like Master Sets, I don't think that Draft should be a big consideration for those. Like, I think the primary goal for supplemental products, like Master Sets, should be to get the reprints out there that people need. So if that means the Draft format isn't as good, uh, then so be it. Because the number one goal is to get those reprints out there. The number one goal is to make them not look like lottery packs. <laughs> to give them a purpose. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I just feel most people don't play limited. So I feel if you can somehow improve standard by sacrificing limited, I wouldn't be opposed to that. And maybe like once a year or twice a year, you make like a, a limited set designed specifically for limited. Because you always run into this issue where uh, each format is ruined by the other right like for limited i never want to see a rare dual land ever right but they always show up because of standard right and that like just basically ruins your whole draft when you draft like a you know a, a rare dual land because you're like what is this this is like a waste of a bomb slot right uh and then vice versa uh you know things have to be mythic for limited considerations boosting the price of it for standard even when it doesn't need to be uh, so yeah, maybe if they split it somehow, they could alleviate that. Uh, all right. That's all the time we have for fish mail this week. Thank you to everyone who sent 
questions. If you have questions, send them to at MTGGoldfish with the hashtag MTGFishMail, and we'll get to your questions on air. And I believe that that brings us to the end of episode 292 of the MTG Goldfish podcast. So, Richard Grimm, thanks for hanging out. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Thanks to Tigtone for supporting the show today. And we will be back next week to talk about eh, Zendikar spoilers and whatever else goes down in the world of magic. Until then, have a wonderful week. And this is the crew signing out. Bye.